Hello, strong babes, and welcome to the Empowered She podcast. My name is Marie, and I'm your friendly neighborhood fitness coach and life hype woman. Guys, I started this podcast as a tool for you to build mental resilience and adapt a powerful AF mindset, because I truly believe that you can do anything you want, you can truly achieve all your goals and dreams the day you start taking total control of your life. So master your mindset and manifest your dreams right here with me. Let's go. Hello, my love. A long time, no chat. It is 2021 and I am back with some awesome content for you. I created this podcast with the purpose of empowering women with the tools to build a resilient mindset, the keys to learn how to appreciate their bodies and guidance on how they can achieve anything they put their mind to. Now, I understand that I'm only one person, So I asked for the help of other women and men in the industry and also outside the fitness industry to create a bigger positive impact on your life. So I am introducing a new segment where I interview these incredible people and I'm naming it Change the World Chats because these guests have ideas, they have a vision and a mission to truly make the world a better place. Now, for our very first guest, I am so excited to have the wonderful Sammy Rose on the Empowered Sheet podcast. Sammy is a personal trainer, a counselor, an eating psychology coach based in Australia, and has been working in the fitness industry for more than five years. Her goal is to motivate and inspire women around the world to be at peace with food and their bodies so that they can live a happy and healthy life, which... I absolutely love, and it's everything that I stand for. So I won't keep you guys waiting. Let's get on with the show. Welcome, Sammy. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. It's been a little while since I've done a podcast, actually. Oh, really? I'm, I'm honestly super excited to have you just because, you know, I've spoken to you on Instagram and I've told you how aligned I am with your message of educating women and empowering them to be at peace with food and their bodies. So, you know, we'll get into that topic today. But before we dive into, you know, the, the big topics, I want to do a rapid fire fun fact question um, section with you. So, oh, no, I'm so <laughs> not, I'm so not good with being put on the spot. Let's see what I can think of. <laughs> so here, like literally whatever comes to mind, just say it and it'll get okay. us to get to know you a little better outside of the fitness world and outside of Instagram. So, you know, first thing that comes to mind, don't even think about it. Love, okay. Love an icebreaker. Okay. So we're going deep. So you're in death row. What's your last ever entree main and dessert? Oh, I love this. Dessert would definitely be some kind of cheesecake because I'm like, I love cheesecake. Entree, I don't even know. I probably would just like skip the entree and just do like a really big main of like burger and fries and like that kind of like American style food. I love that. Like, and it's not something I eat very often. Mm -hmm. 100%. And I know you (laughs) love New York. So like a New York style burger. Yeah, exactly. Okay, (laughs) next question. If a movie was being made of your life and you could choose the actress to play you, who would you choose and why? Um, I mean, I love Mila Kunis, so, like, can I just pick her? Actually, no, do you know who I think would be really good? Um, The girl from Pitch Perfect. You know, the main girl? Yes, I love her. She's so funny. Not anything like me, but I just feel like (laughs) she would do a good job. I love that. Okay, this one... I feel like we'll decide if we become friends or not. Pineapple mm-hmm. and pizza, yes or no? 
Yes, and if you say no, we definitely can't be friends. I will fight to the death on this. <laughs> if I say no, we're ending this podcast right now. Yeah, I'm done. Cancel. Stop recording. I'm out. It's 100%. Yeah, so we can continue. Okay, okay next question. <laughs> so you're stuck on an island with a celebrity and they are your mate for life. Who is it? Oh, maybe we'll go back to Anna Kendrick because she just seems like a really fun time. Like sometimes <laughs> I get in a wormhole, you know, sometimes when you're on like uh, Facebook videos and stuff and they just kind of keep scrolling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like I just get in a massive thread of just like her interviews and she's just the funniest person. Don't you think she'll just be so fun to be around? She'd be amazing. Like she'd be a great friend and companion for life. 100%. Yeah. All right. Next question. If you could wear one outfit for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> probably probably active wear for you know like the convenience of being comfortable being able to move in them like most active wear is pretty cute so I'd probably just go like my high-waisted lululemon align pants oh they're, they're nice and stretchy they feel so good they're very flattering and just like some kind of active wear like a long crop top yeah. or something highly durable then, you know you can do anything in that and it looks really cute That's true. (laughs) All right. Four more questions for you. If you had to get a quote tattooed on you, what is it? I'm big on like, I have so many quotes that I love, but I feel like they're all really long ones that I would not like tattoo on my body. Can I tell you though, I used to have Go on. live, live, laugh, love. I used to have it on my wrist. I'm not joking. This was like, I got this tattoo probably 10 years ago. Yeah. And I ended up getting it like laser removed because I was like, this is just so embarrassing. I feel like this should be on a tea towel, not on my wrist. No, no. Oh <laughs> so my goodness. maybe I wouldn't make that same mistake again and get a quote tattooed on me. But, you know, I have a lot that resonate with me, but I just put them on my Instagram instead. That's great. I feel like that answers our next question. What is the most embarrassing thing you've done? <laughs> yeah, probably, probably that. I mean, I'm also a really clumsy person. Like, I don't know if you've seen that. Like, I have a bruise on me. I always have, like, I walk into things. I trip over. Um, Actually, I don't know if you would have seen it. I put it on my Instagram story, but not on my feed. When I was visiting my family over Christmas, we mm-hmm. went on this, like, family bike ride. Like, we went away to a small, like, Aww. country town outside of Melbourne. Um, We all, like, yeah. were riding our bikes. My boyfriend was there. Like, everyone's partner. So it was, like, 10 of us doing this, like, trail riding bikes to get to this, like, river and stuff I like flew around the corner hit a rock and fell into the creek like face (laughs) face first it was the least graceful thing that anyone has ever done in their life like that was like mildly embarrassing but I feel like I took it well (laughs) I mean it would have sucked but it makes for a great story okay last two questions if you were the eighth dwarf what would your name be (laughs) I'm asking you really tough life questions aren't I yeah well, the happy one's already taking. I would be like, I don't know, like chirpy or bubbly or something because I'm like an annoyingly energetic person, much <laughs> much to the annoyance of my boyfriend who sometimes is like, dude, let me sleep in. And I'm like, good morning. <laughs> okay, yeah. last question. This one's a bit more of a serious one. And okay. what is the biggest life lesson you took away from 2020? Oh, um, I actually just wrote an email to like my newsletter group of girls today about um like not getting too locked into your goals and like learning to go with the flow more I think that was probably the biggest thing that I learned in 2020 because I had all these like business goals and Mm. my boyfriend and I were meant to do this massive like Europe trip for two months and like we had all these plans and you know savings goals and all this stuff that just kind of 
fell by the wayside, obviously. And like we did our best through the year to pivot and make the most of the year that was. Um, but I think that was a really big one for me because I like I have anxiety as well. So I'm an, a meticulous planner of things. And I'm very like, I like to have structure and I like to plan my year out and know what I'm doing each day of the week. And like, it's just an annoying trait of mine. <laughs> um, and I really learned to adapt a lot more and not be so tied to like, yep, this is going to happen in this particular time frame because sometimes that just doesn't happen. And it used to kind of stress me out when things didn't go to my plans, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whereas like now, yeah, I'm much more adaptive and just open to whatever opportunities kind of roll. I think it just gave me a lot more perspective to look back on the year and go, you know what, I didn't achieve really any of the major goals that I wanted for 2020, but it was still amongst the mess that it was. It still was actually a really good year. There was still a bunch of things that were really successful for me and, you know, I'm really happy and I have a great relationship and still maintained a lot of my friendships even when I couldn't see them for most of the year. So I think, yeah, it just was a nice reminder of even if things don't go to plan, that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. No, I love that. And that's the thing, as much as we want to plan, something will always happen and it's up to us to decide what we do about it. Do we pivot or do we sink? And you you just have to move forward. So I really love that. And I think it's a really important lesson for everyone who's listening that yes, 2021 hopefully is a greater year, but if it doesn't work out, Life goes on and you will grow from it if you choose to. So that's Absolutely. really great. I hope, I hope all your plans go, <laughs> go well this year. Not Me too. COVID. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So rapid fire done. I love that, Sammy. I feel like I learned so much more about you. And yes, um, especially the pineapple and pizza. <laughs> so tell us more about what you do, Sammy. Um, well, I am a health and fitness coach predominantly. That's, I guess, my main job is working with women all around the world, mostly in Australia, but I do have some international clients um, mm-hmm. on their health and fitness goals. But I guess I kind of take a different route to a lot of people in the fitness industry in that I don't focus as much on weight loss. Obviously, there are some clients who have weight loss goals, um, mm-hmm. but I more so really try to to reinforce a balanced approach and just finding what, you know, healthy and happy means to each individual. And that's really, I guess, customized to each of my clients and finding that kind of happy place in the middle for each person between, you know, being goal oriented, but also optimizing their quality of life and just feeling really good through the process. So um, I incorporate a lot of mindset work into my coaching. So it's not just here's your training program and here's what I want you to eat. It's also um, using counseling techniques and like coaching them through really closely to make sure that they're, yeah, feeling really good and confident in the process and enjoying every step of the way, not just traditional, you know, eight week challenges that are just focusing on losing as much weight as possible because that doesn't yes. um, often work in the long run. <laughs> no. um, but I, I also now I'm a counselor. So I just got my diploma in the mail this week. Um, so I'm oh, a fully qualified and registered counselor. So I will be doing that as well on top of my business that I already run. So I'll be doing counseling two days a week and then my other business four or five days a week. <laughs> I love that. And I think I just love like you mentioned so many times there, how they feel to mm-hmm. enjoy, not necessarily what's on the scale or how they look, which, you know, obviously feeling good about yourself has a small part to play with that, but it's how you perceive yourself um, and mm-hmm. the world around you. So I love the hybrid between 
training and nutrition, yes, but let's focus more on the mindset as well. Cause that's really going to be the biggest driver as to how they execute their training, how they execute yeah. their nutrition and how they enjoy their lives. And on that note, like, why did you choose this path? Like, why did you go, all right, I'm, I'm, it's beyond training. It's beyond nutrition. It's beyond the weight and the scale. What led you to the business that you're doing now? Um, I think it really was a natural progression based on my own learnings and experiences. I used to be all about the shred life and I used to compete in bodybuilding competitions. Like we can talk a little bit more about that if you want Mm -hmm. to, but like I spent years yo-yo dieting and then went to major extremes. I was really very lean and tiny for a long period of time and sacrificed so much of my life and my enjoyment to look that way. And I guess like when I hit that point, I realized that it didn't make me happy and it wasn't really a very fulfilling life. And so now that I've sort of taken the time over the past few years to find that happy place in the middle for me where I can feel really good and, you know, be fit and healthy, but not sacrificing my life. That was a really good learning experience for me. And so I just kind of want to bring more of that, I guess, to my clients and show them that they can, yeah, do what they love and still kind of achieve their goals. So for me, prioritizing mindset and mental health is such a big part of that because, I found through my own journey that I always thought that being Lena and having abs and all of that stuff and getting all the praise and having people writing goals on my photos would be such a fulfilling thing and it would make me be more confident. But it actually was the process of letting all of that go and appreciating more about myself other than my body. That's what really Mm -hmm. gave me the level of confidence that I have now and more resilience and appreciation for myself as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of work, I guess, with my clients on what other things about them are great and what other areas of life do they want to focus on that isn't, you know, just about their weight. Cause a lot of people will think, okay, I have all these weight loss goals and I want to achieve this particular thing. And when I do that, everything will magically come together and I'll be more confident and I will, you know, have the guts to stand up in a work meeting and talk, or I will be able to put myself out there with dating. And a lot of the time it's such a limiting belief mentally as to why you can't do that. And you tell yourself it's because of the way you look when it's actually because of the way that you feel about how you look. So really shifting um, into a different mindset that is more appreciative of your strengths and your good qualities um, can really kind of help people flourish a lot better. I love that. I I really, really do. And I think we put so much worth, um, especially because what we see on social media is just you know, people's um, physiques, but we don't see what is affecting them outside of their life. Like, I think I, I remember seeing a post from yours comparing like where you were before to where you are now. Like back then you were restrictive. You had um poor sense of body image. You were looking for external validation, like you said, looking at people who commented goals or looking at just physique where we are so much more than that as human mm-hmm. beings. Like we have a soul, we have family, we have a life. And there's so much more joy to be found in, like you said, being confident at a work meeting, being confident on a date. So I really love your mission. And I love that that's the way you try to change the fitness industry and the landscape and ultimately change the world. Like imagine if every single woman realized this, like we'd put a lot of big companies out of, out of. Yeah. Business, right? <laughs> imagine all of those weight loss companies that would just go down the drain. 
Yeah, exactly. So I know you mentioned bodybuilding. So let's rewind to pre-2021, Sammy. Mm-hmm. So talk us through how you started bodybuilding and then how you transitioned out of it. Like what was the turning point that you were like, no, nah, this is enough? Um, well, I started prepping for my first show in 2014 so some time ago now um and the first time I stepped on stage was May 2015 so um I think I prepped for my first show for about six months and loved it and pretty much just kept going for two and a bit years straight um I did nine different competitions over two and a bit years yeah and so my last show was 2017 and every time I competed I never really did overly well but my following was growing and I was getting all these compliments and I would get kind of enough motivation to keep going every time and want to be better every time and you know it wasn't just external validation I also just like I did genuinely enjoy the challenge I suppose Mm -hmm. but yeah, the more I got into it, I guess the more pressure I put on being better every single time and being better for me just kind of meant being leaner, Mm -hmm. um, which was not a healthy headspace to be prioritizing. And it was just kind of, it became um, much of an obsession, I guess. And I really put a lot of other aspects of my life on the back burner just to kind of make this goal happen of like doing well and competing, which honestly, I'm just not built for it anyway. Like I was never going to have the kind of physique that won trophies anyway. Um, but I was just determined to keep going and I, I did, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it got to a point where there was just so much of my life that was, really being neglected in the process. And I'd say probably the biggest turning point was um, like before the last season that I competed in, um, my boyfriend at the time, we had a big chat and he was like, look, like this is not going well um, in terms of like we couldn't really go on date nights and I had a lower sex drive. And like there was just like so many areas of my life that I was like, just obsessed with competing, I guess, and training and missing people's birthdays because I knew I couldn't drink anyway and all of that stuff that, you know, until he kind of had said something and he was Mm -hmm. like, I just, I don't know how much longer will last if you keep competing. Like, I just want you to factor that into your decision if you're going to compete again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I definitely agree. Like I kind of needed the wake up call and I was like, look, I just need to get this one last season out of the way. And then I'm happy to just take a break from there. And, um, anyway like there was just no way I was going to be you know quote unquote better in a future Mm -hmm. season without having a break anyway um so initially I thought that my last show was just going to be the last for a little while and that I'd be back in a year or so anyway um but once I kind of got out of it I knew that I couldn't go back. Yeah. And I mean, like you, you just mentioned you did nine shows in two years, which is a lot. It's super taxing on the body and, you know, your body kind of never had that break, but what did you feel like when you were towards the end of your seasons? Like you were super lean. Like, what was that feeling like? Well, look, I enjoyed being lean and having abs because it was something I never thought I could do. So I guess from that side of things, like it was a cool, like, sense of accomplishment Mm -hmm. but internally I didn't feel great I still Mm -hmm. felt very very self-conscious especially because I had all these like ideals of what I needed to look like by the time I got on stage and um, for people who used to follow I used to 
um, do a lot of vlogs on YouTube around like competing, which you mentioned you've watched some. And there are a few where I was like crying and worried that I was like not lean enough or felt like I looked shit. Like I remember one particular vlog before one of the like pre-qualifying events and I was just an absolute mess. Like I, I literally almost didn't go on stage because I thought I looked so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to be so much fatter than every other girl. Like all this stuff. I was like 20 kilos less than I am now. And I wow. literally was like embarrassed. I thought I was too big to get on stage because I was comparing myself to other girls that were tinier. And it was like ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I am a pretty driven person work-wise. So I tried not to let it affect my business. And I feel like I did a pretty good job of keeping that afloat and making sure that my clients were looked after. But I guess between my business and competing, literally everything else just went out the window life. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like the reason I asked that question is because obviously we see bodybuilders and that is their that is their life that is their job that is their career but we also see gen pop people expecting to look like that and wanting mm. to look like that whereas you know you just saying that it shows like there's a lot that you have to sacrifice to be a body mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily yeah. something that general population people should aspire to be like cuz it's a it like you said you didn't have a life you still yeah. you kept your business afloat which is great but other than that like the only thing you had going for you was you and the stage which is a lot to take um a lot to sacrifice i guess so yeah for those of you listening you know bodybuilding is a different beast and if you want weight loss or you want a transformation that's not necessarily something you should aspire to that's a whole different lifestyle so yeah and i mean not everyone has the same journey that I had either. Like there are definitely people who are, I guess, more naturally lean anyway and don't have to push as hard as I did, don't Mm -hmm. have to eat as low calories as I did and all of that stuff. So I'm not, like I don't want to paint every single competitor with the same brush, Um, but I would say for the most part, many people experience what I experienced, maybe just like not to such an extreme extent as I did because I just really took it too far and didn't take the breaks that I needed to take. And that was kind of, that was on me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even just like people in terms of like general weight loss, obviously like I took things to extreme. So I'm not going to say that anyone that tries to pursue weight loss is going to have the same no. issue, but I guess it's just something that it's the reality to watch out for. And I am an amplified version, I guess, of what can happen if you get that tunnel vision to hard and fixate too much on like one particular goal that may not even be healthy for you so it's really just yeah that's why I focus so much on zooming out with my clients and not just having the one health and fitness goal as the one thing that they like dedicate their entire week to every week it's also you know what's happening in your social life this week Mm -hmm. and how can we work around that to make sure that you know you're feeling good about your efforts this week or you know celebrating their work achievements and you know giving them a boost in that sense of things to like increase their self-worth as like a whole person not just that one goal exactly exactly um and now so you went through that phase of your life what was it like to build yourself back up to health that was a very tough journey so I struggled with binge eating even when I was competing but I was just so focused on the goal that I would do extra cardio and restrict even harder to kind of make up for it anytime I did binge which was not healthy at all Mm. um but I guess like in a sense I got away with it you know quote unquote there because I had that goal that I could just kind of push myself um and that really built a very unhealthy relationship with food 
where once I stopped competing and I didn't have that goal anymore, I didn't have something to push me to restrict further. And I couldn't, I kind of had gotten to the point where I had restricted so much for such a long period of time that I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't eat those diet foods that I was eating. I couldn't like the thought of drinking black coffee just made my stomach backflip. I couldn't Mm -hmm. track calories or anything. Like as soon as I stopped competing, I think I tried to reverse diet, which if anyone listening doesn't understand what it is, it's basically just slowly increasing your calories over time until you hit maintenance. And that's kind of the healthiest way, I guess, to exit a fat loss phase. But um, I tried to do that and I couldn't continue counting my calories. Like every time I tried to track anything, I would just binge. And it was like Mm. almost every day in those initial stages because I just had such a massive rebound from this restrictive life to all of a sudden having the opportunity to have freedom with food. And like, I didn't have a goal looming over my head. So I was like, well, stuff it. I'll just like eat this whole thing and I'll just like be good tomorrow. And yeah, I was really experiencing the opposite end, I guess, of what happens when you restrict really hard for really Mm. long. You have a massive bounce back so I was struggling with binge eating for the first kind of few months um post-show and I gained a lot of weight really quickly which was not healthy for me but I Mm. think um looking back in hindsight like it was a very necessary thing I did need to gain some weight anyway um just to kind of be at a healthy weight for myself and I gained more weight I guess than what was necessary in terms of like health purposes but I don't really regret it because it was just such a big learning lesson for me but it was the I'll be good again tomorrow that was making me binge today so (laughs) trying to eventually like get out of that mindset and say you know what I don't have to be good tomorrow if I want to eat a cookie tomorrow that's okay and if I want to eat it today that's okay and I don't need to eat the whole box of cookies today so that they're not there tomorrow and I can eat nothing but health tomorrow and I think that was the biggest shift um and I really just kind of needed to go through the overeating period and the weight gain period in order to reach that point it's not something Mm -hmm. I guess that I would like encourage other people to do as such um but it was just something I needed to do. And even though the weight gain was really uncomfortable and you know, I never really lost that weight, um, but I'm okay with it because it gave me, again, yeah, more perspective on who I am outside of my body or I guess mm-hmm. inside of my body technically. But, you know, aside from that and what I kind of prioritize as my identity in this like bikini competitor and this girl with abs on the explore page and all that kind of way that I presented myself previously like that image was kind of gone and I had to almost reinvent myself and relearn who I am as a person Mm. and what I bring to the table and what my skills are and what I value as you know my personality um and taking the time to yeah relearn those things was just really empowering for me because I was like you know what it doesn't even matter how I look and no one actually treated me any differently Mm -hmm. um I didn't you know have all the pushbacks that I thought I would like I was really nervous about losing my clients and losing followers and all that stuff if I didn't look the way that I used to look yes (laughs) um but none of that bad stuff really happened I mean I'm sure there were some followers that dropped off but like it was not a mass exodus like I expected (laughs) um and that was Yeah, but it was your identity for, you know, two years where you were 
super focused on being this bodybuilder and to step away from that would have obviously been hard physically. Like you said, your body mm-hmm. was super tired and it just needed energy and food and also mentally because prep is, you know, mentally draining and for nine shows, like you would have been just tired. Your, you, your brain wouldn't want to have counted macros like you mentioned. Mm. I can relate to what you said there in terms of the binge eating Um episode. So basically I went through my first bodybuilding comp, super strict, um, and, you know, couldn't eat anything outside of my plan. And as soon as the show finished, I like inhaled everything, everything, everything. And when you mentioned, Oh, I'll be good tomorrow. That is exactly the mentality that will make you feel like you have to have the last supper tonight because tomorrow mm-hmm. you'll never have it again and you'll try yeah. and lose weight again. Whereas, you know, if, if you're a listener and you're struggling with overeating and you have that mentality of I'm going to be good, I'm going to be clean, then that's exactly the mentality that you need to step away from because realistically it's not going to happen and it's going to be super detrimental and it'll just keep the cycle going. So Yeah, it's a hard one to break though. I think like that's probably the biggest thing that I work with clients on is the sort of black and white thinking about good and bad foods Mm -hmm. and cutting particular foods out um, because a lot of people experience that when they first come to me and undoing years of seeing things in that way Mm -hmm. (laughs) being really, really difficult to overcome. But even occasionally I still struggle with it now. I'm not going to lie. Like I have a great relationship with food. I don't, like I haven't binge eaten in years and, you know, there are times where I eat more than planned but I never sort of feel bad about it. I don't have any guilt or like any of those negative associations anymore. So I Mm -hmm. feel really good about my relationship with food now but every now and then I'll have like a little thought creep in of like "Mm, I should just finish this because Mm -hmm. you know I don't I don't want to have it in the house for tomorrow like um probably more so actually more recently I'd say with drinking I'm not a big drinker Mm -hmm. but over like the festive period I was definitely drinking a lot more than I normally would like and it was more like most of the time I only really drink if I'm out in social settings, but I had gotten into the habit of like having wines at home. And I caught myself a few weeks ago being like, oh, like there's, I think I'd had like two glasses of wine and there was only like maybe one and a bit glasses worth left in the bottle. And I was like, you know what, I should just finish this tonight. Um, Cause I want to just like not drink this week after this. And then I was like, hold on, take a step back. Like whether I drink it now or whether I drink it in two days, I'm still, it's still going to be finished at some point. And does it really matter what day it is? Like, it's not going to magically, you know, be calorie free if I drink it tonight or, you know, affect me less. Like it just was like a weird, like I had to actually catch myself and be like, no, you can (laughs) leave it there. Like you don't have to finish it tonight and you don't have to go alcohol free this week. And if you decide you want to wine later in the week, that's cool. I love that. I think two very important lessons there, Sammy, is one, you have control. You just, you have to practice that control, but Mm -hmm. it's knowing that the food doesn't have control over you. It's not asking you to eat it now. It's you knowing you can always eat it another day. You can always drink the two glasses of wine next week, like it will be, mm-hmm. but you have control over whether or not you eat it or you drink it or not. And then the second thing is like, it's so good. I one, one of the things I love about you, Sammy, is you're so vulnerable and open to being authentic and sharing, hey, you have not so great days still because you're a human being. Mm-hmm. I think people are so easy to be so hard on themselves. If a day doesn't go perfectly, they just, you know, they're really mean to themselves. And I think we need to be yeah. 
kindness and compassion um, in our journeys because even coaches don't have great days. You know, the best and most successful people in whatever industry don't have great days, but it's knowing it's going to be okay and it's learning from the situation as well. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about, Sammy, which is something I'm super passionate about as well, is people thinking that their weight is their worth. Tell me your thoughts about that. Um, I guess I have a good like lived experience with this. Like I mentioned, like I was really lean. I was getting all this praise when I was competing and I really put so much focus on how I looked and thought that it was going to be the answer to like so many of my problems, especially around like confidence and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, like I definitely felt a little more confident once I'd lost weight, but not a hundred percent. Like there was no magical. Once I hit a certain weight, everything was easy. I was still very self-conscious. I was still like really relying on external, you know, validation from other people and never really believing the compliments. And it was very like shallow. And I think I really in the journey of like gaining weight um, was where I really found myself. And I guess, yeah, just seeing things from a different perspective gives me more of a perspective for other people and like to share that sort of story and say, well, you know what? I thought losing weight was going to be the answer and I thought gaining weight was going to be the worst thing and that everyone would just like think that I was like a bad trainer or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that didn't happen. And if anything, you know, my business continues to grow. My following continues to grow. I, you know, occasionally get mean comments, but I also got mean comments when I was lean, like they were just the opposite kind. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm not really treated any differently. And I guess like I'm a, an example of that. It really is just how you sort of present yourself to the world and what positive qualities you have. That's what should define your self-worth and like really putting value as a person, not just as a body. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, like my ideal self would just be someone who makes other people feel good and like add something to the world. Like my abs don't really do that that doesn't really help anyone and that's not what someone at my funeral would miss you know yeah. it's it's the impact that I have on other people and my skills as a coach and my qualities as a friend and being a good girlfriend and all of that stuff that like is so important to me and I know that that's what the people around me appreciate and need yeah for other people I guess the biggest thing to really think about is just who you are as a person like not thinking that the way you look is a hundred percent what matters. Like obviously, you know, to a certain degree, people want to be, you know, attractive and look after themselves mm -hmm. and do their hair and present yourself in a certain way. Like that's all fine. Like it doesn't have to be about your body either. I think it's more about the way that you carry yourself. Like even in terms of being attractive to other people, looking a certain way is one thing and that's all well and good but that's so shallow and I think presenting I yourself more confidently and you know having good posture and like being sassy and being like <laughs> you know funny and like, having the you know the balls to like walk up to someone and talk to them versus like being shy in a corner like they're the kind of things that people are more attracted to there's always been a lot of societal pressure I guess on beauty ideals and looking a certain way and having a certain body and like the weird thing is that if you look at beauty standards in terms of body shape over the years it changes so much and you know in the 60s it was like super super thin like twiggy style and then there was you know the 80s was a little bit more athletic looking and then 
you know, the 2000s or like the Kim Kardashian style big booty and like you can never be all of those things. <laughs> um, but it's been really good over the last few years, especially with the body positivity movement, having a wider variety of bodies and, you know, looks and ethnicities and skin tones being celebrated for being beautiful and having more representation of just people's differences in beauty has been really, really helpful, I think, in people finding their place and not feeling like they have to fit a certain mould. It is hard. yeah. Especially when we're marketed certain things and that becomes our norm and it's hard to see beyond that. So I, I think representation is mm. super important. And I love all the things you said there, Sammy, because those are exactly the things that make you who you are as a person, how good of a friend mm-hmm. you are, a partner, a daughter, what skills you bring to the world, what happiness and impact you bring to other people beyond mm-hmm. a number in the scale. And I love how you said, you know, they won't mention that, you know, the weight in your funeral, <laughs> like that stuff yeah. doesn't matter. And it shouldn't be your target for what happiness is because whether you yeah. weigh more, or less like that doesn't bring happiness it's really how you see yourself and how you contribute and add value to the world so I know you're working on a program at the moment Sammy that works on this this mindset um change so can you tell us more about that and what you're doing in that space um it's called the 28 day mindset makeover project I've recently released this um it actually was something that I put together a few years ago um, in a more simplified version, um, but I've just re-released it with a ton, like so much more information. Um, it's basically just an ebook. It's I think fifty something pages, and it's got um, like a ton of info as well as journal prompts that are all about, I guess, just shifting your mindset to a more positive outlook on yourself. Um, there are a few areas that kind of tackle specifically around body image um, and your relationship with food, but it's not just about that. It's also just general self-worth, um, like stress management, anxiety management, all of that side of things. Because um, I've obviously been learning a lot over the last two years as I've been studying, studying for my counseling diploma. So I've put a lot of psychotherapy techniques in there of mm-hmm. things that I work with my clients on um, to really tap into like, who are you as a person? What is your ideal self? Like who's the person that you want to be and what are the steps that you need to take to get there? And that doesn't necessarily mean losing weight. It could Mm -hmm. be identifying those positive things about yourself or learning to not catastrophize or not, um, assume what someone else is thinking if it's a negative thing and getting into that wormhole of stressing over you know a fear of judgment um so it kind of just tackles a whole range of things really but the idea in a nutshell is to spend 28 days just looking after your mindset and giving positive energy to putting time into bettering yourself as more of like a self-development kind of project um And yeah, it's been really powerful so far. So I re-released it um, a couple of weeks ago. So the girls who kind of bought it when it first launched are around two weeks in now. um, And I'm getting so much positive feedback on how much better they're feeling and that they're already more confident or, you know, taking more risks or accepting more opportunities and getting really clear on their goals and the kind of person that they want to be outside of their like weight loss goals or whatever it is that they were kind of you know, whatever their issues were previously. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of it. <laughs> That's so great, Sammy. I love how it's so holistic and it sounds like 
you really get get thriving, you know, outside of you know training and nutrition, which is honestly you know important to look at life holistically. So, if you do want to check out Sammy's program or her other services, um, Sammy, where can we find you? Um, so my Instagram is Sammy Rose Fitness, just one M, so S A M I Rose Fitness, um, and my website. You'll find the link in my bio that links to all of my. Um, different links um, to book like consultations or work with me one-on-one as a coaching client, book counseling sessions, all that good stuff, as well as the Mindset Maker project. Um, But it was really important for me to do this project as affordable as possible. So I've made it only $28. Mm -hmm. So it's just $1 a day um, Mm -hmm. because I want to make it as accessible as I can to people who really need the help. So um, yeah, hopefully I can reach as many people as possible because I wholeheartedly believe that it is such such a game changer and it's got so much in there of what I put into my one-on-one clients obviously Mm -hmm. at a far far lower price Mm -hmm. um and it's just about yeah giving people the opportunity to really commit to themselves and it's really only maybe 10 minutes or so a day on just like reading and reflections and a few journal prompts to just kind of yeah really work on things and yeah hopefully I can help a lot more people with this I really hope so as well. And I know that there are plenty of people out there who are struggling with their self-worth and, you know, their mindset. So if you guys are interested, just have a look at Sammy's Instagram page, pop in the link in her bio and you'll find all her details there. Um, And Sammy, I want to thank you so much for your chat today. Like, I think it's so important that we amplify stories like yours just to show people like what's possible for them. Like, yes, you may be feeling stuck right now. You may have a low sense of self-worth right now, but there is most definitely a way to overcome it. So thank you so much for being one of those voices who is sharing this amazing, positive message. Thank you for coming on the show today. Um, Thank you. One last last question, just to finish off, because obviously this is Mm -hmm. a change your world chat and what you're doing here, I I like fully believe is changing the world um, within your community at the very least and within your audience. But what would you say to someone who is feeling stuck at the moment? someone who does have that low sense of self-worth what would you tell them today to start um I would say my biggest advice is probably to try and visualize who your ideal self is and not include weight loss goals in that and to just think like what how do you want to feel and what kind of impact do you want to have on other people? Try and really visualize and get super, super clear on that person that you want to be in terms of personality and like on the inside and ask yourself how you can start showing up as that person today. So is there, you know, a habit that you can implement that would more represent this ideal self? Would she have a certain morning routine? Would she, you know, be really consistent with her training or like whatever it is that you think would represent that person? regardless of if you have weight loss goals or you want to make any changes it's what can you do right now that represents that person because I guarantee so many people put all this pressure on like one day I'll reach this goal one day Mm -hmm. I'll be this person and they're just focusing on the goal and not the process and the thing is there are probably so many things that you can encapsulate right now or start showing up more confidently right now and get that kind of energy 
without, you know, having to wait for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow because, you know, you're already on that rainbow right now and there's little little ways that you can kind of start being that person today. But, you know, so many people hold themselves back and like wait for like one day when I, mm-hmm. you know, reach this goal, I'll be happy or one day I'll be more confident. But there are so many ways that you can start putting that into practice right now. So just ask yourself, who do you want to be? What little daily habits would you do once you're that person? And are there any that you can actually do right now? I bet there are a bunch. I love that. Don't wait for, you know, that pot of gold for your happiness because you can most certainly have it today. I love that. So guys, I hope you took a lot out of our chat with Sammy today and make sure you don't just listen because it's nice to hear these things implement. Mm. That'll make the biggest difference in your life. All right. Bye, Sammy. Bye. Thank you so much. And that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you got so much value out of it that you're able to apply in your daily lives so that you can become the best version of yourself. If you like this, please make sure to subscribe and share on your social media platforms. I would truly appreciate it if more people had the chance to know that they can do what they want to achieve if they just master their mindset. Now, I also send a lot of strong babes, strong words weekly to help start their week on a positive and purpose-driven mindset. So if this is you, if you want that guidance and support from me, send me a message at marieangelfit on Instagram and I'll happily add you to my strong words mailing list. Now, before I go, I hope you guys have a wonderful day and do something today that will leave the world a better place. Remember to be kind to yourselves, the planet and to each other. Till next time, strong babe. Bye.